Welcome to the Tag Republic podcast, a weekly chat with Carolina Guzik about all things marketing. Some episodes are short tips that you can implement in your business right away, while others are in-depth conversations with industry leaders. Whether you're a new photographer searching for some knowledge or an established professional with years of experience, Carolina offers fresh and innovative advice that can help you transform your photography business. This episode is sponsored by The Art of Pinning, a self-paced Pinterest class for wedding and lifestyle photographers. If you are having a hard time driving traffic into your website or SEO is overwhelming you or the people that are visiting your website are not the kind of visitors, aka they're not converting into clients, then this class is for you. You can find more information at www.thetalkrepublic.com forward slash Pinterest or just follow the link in the notes. Now, enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Talk Republic. I am Carolina Gosik, your host, and today we have a fantastic guest that I'm super excited to be chatting with, especially because she has years of experience, not only in the photography industry, but in like SEO, websites, and all that good stuff. Blair, the lab and falls. Blair, how are you doing today? Oh, it's just great. I was just so happy to chat with you a little bit before this and uh, doing well in spite of all the crazy and the insane stuff that we're all going through. Um, somehow managing to keep a sense of humor. Um, <laughs> all of you, obviously, you didn't get to hear this, but I have to edit like five times that I mispronounced her last name. I am so sorry, but... Here we are, a brand new page to start. Yes, well, it doesn't matter to me at all. It's just <laughs> delightful to talk to you. Oh, I'm so excited. So Blair, what about you introduce yourself and you tell us what do you do? Yeah, so uh, right now I'm the owner of World's Best Wedding Photos, and that's um, been a long journey to here. Uh, in terms of photography, uh, I started in fine arts school and uh, became a wedding and portrait photographer in the year 2000. And then in 2006, I launched Junebug Weddings, um, largely just a labor of love because at the time, there were a lot of um, weddings that I was shooting that maybe they didn't have the right DJ or they didn't have, you know, like one element wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. And I'm very... I just fall in love with people very easily. And so I would worry about the couples, you know, are you making the right decisions? And so we created this website to help them find the right uh, professionals in Seattle. And it worked so well for the professionals that we ended up expanding it and it, it became an international brand. Um, so then uh, in 2014, I sold that company to investors um, largely because it it spanned everything, right? It spanned, mm -hmm. it was DJs, florists, locations, all of those things. And really what I was juiced up about was photography. And so for my own personal self, um, I wanted to build something in the photography space. And so for over the next few years, um, you know, I had this tremendous tragedy in my life where I lost my only child. And so that really stopped my career for a while, just stopped my life for a while. And I went and did a ton of traveling, like years of traveling. And why I was gone, 
I really devoted myself, not just personally to my own sort of hobby photography, but to that's what I wanted in my life. Like going forward, I just wanted to be involved in photography because that's my first love. So when I came back, um, I launched World's Best Wedding Photos. Um, we are a very highly vetted directory um, of because I want to show couples, people that can really do a good job, right? So everyone's experienced, everyone has a strong distinctive style so the couples can choose the style that they like. But I also like I'm building this curated art gallery where I want all these gorgeous images to live together because I feel like Instagram and you know these bigger places it, the the photos aren't really curated so you're just like inundated with millions of photos and you have to decide what you like and what you don't like and it's not that everyone's going to like what we choose but we do choose based on distinctive style and strong work and and I understand that so I'm just really excited as our our gallery continues to build um and I have a small enough client base we have about 240 people that I actually know them all and I know their work. And, and that's for me, that personal connection is really important because I need to feel like I'm actually promoting people. So, so that's what I'm doing now. And then the one thing that folks don't really know about me is I own this other company called Art Life and Business. And that is very much directed at helping people with their websites, their copywriting, SEO, that type of thing. Um, and I kind of do that on the side because work comes to me. I get so much work from that without any marketing that, um, I, that, that just flows. So, so that's great. So that's kind of what I'm up to these days. And I'm, I'm really stoked because you're a new member of world's best. And I am. Great. I know I'm finding so much stuff to use in editorial and, you know, it's just, it's wonderful. So I just really appreciate your support. No, I appreciate you for like creating a space that is, you know, as you said, photo driven and that you yourself are actually vetting who comes in and actually I was really mind blown when you were like, hey, I'm going to take a look at the portfolio and I will help you choose the photos. I was like, okay, she's going to choose like two photos. And then you sent me like this very detailed list. I, like I was really amazed at the amount of love and, you know, dedication that you're putting into this site to make it perfect. Not only obviously for people to take a look, as you said, at like a curated gallery, but like for photographers to like showcase, showcase their work and grow pretty much as you know as part of the industry so I am super grateful to be a part of world's best photographers and I love it so good thank you yeah everything in this business and in the in life really is about relationships right so um you know if you can see each person as unique and special um and you like for me, going into somebody's portfolio is going into a really deep part of their life. And it's just like, I love that feeling of finding their distinctive voice and seeing how the, the it comes together, right? And then thinking about, okay, who is their ideal client and how are we going to speak to them? And it's very, it's a very personal interaction. So that's why I like the, uh, the smaller, the smaller groups and, and, and the vetting, because it, it keeps me able to, to do that. And we're going to be talking in a second a little bit about more like websites and all that. But before we move into that, because we're talking about world best wedding photos, what I mean, we're talking about like it's only a space for photographers. It's a space to showcase beautiful, you know, diverse, you know, portfolios. You know, you have all kinds of beautiful images that they all feel 
even though the, the gallery feels cohesive, you can find very unique points of view within the gallery. What do you think is the final goal that you have for this website for photographers to come to you or to join you? Well, some of the final goal I can't share because I have an enormous oh, business plan. <laughs> okay, I love this. Yeah, I have a huge business plan, uh, but th that's all unfolding. Um, really, our mission statement says that we exist to make people fall in love with wedding photography. Nice. And what I mean by that is when I was in fine arts school, the professors basically told me wedding and portrait photography is not an art form right? And I'm like, what? And back in those days, everyone was shooting on film, right? I was shooting medium format film. And it was difficult to get these very emotional shots, right? Because we didn't even have fast film. I mean, this is ridiculous. It was only 20 years ago, but we didn't even have fast film. So, so things were more set up, more posed, right? And a lot of stuff was very cookie cutter, Right. It was just like, here's your everybody in a line or here's you know what have you. So but I started to see these photographers emerge that were really doing some amazing stuff. And as uh, gosh, around 2008, 2009, the bottom fell out of the editorial market um, for photographers and especially in photojournalism. So for newspapers, magazines, that type of thing. And these incredible photographers went to weddings. And at that point, it just blew up through that and digital photography. And now we have these amazing artists doing really crazy, um, gorgeous work that I think combines all genres of photography. It's commercial photography. It's portrait. They, you know, they need to know lighting and they need to know it on the fly. And to me, that is incredible. Um, so I have been sort of stuck on that since way back in art school that I am going to prove to the world. I love this. <laughs> wedding photography is a massive art form, right? And that <laughs> couples don't know, right? They don't know what good work is. So a lot of times, you know, a friend will tell them, I use this photographer or what, and, and, and they'll get photos that are, mm, they're okay, right? But they don't know about the photos they can get that are super priceless. Like they're individual pieces of art that are absolutely priceless for the rest of their lives. And that's what I want them to know about. You know, I want, I want them to fall in love with it and then to know about it, right? To know that that's possible. Do you have the email of that professor? So we can all send him an email with a link to World Best Wedding Photos. <laughs> Actually, the worst one was a woman. Um, oh. The worst one was my lighting teacher. And I remember telling her that I was going in. I got very, very lucky in the early in my career. And I won these two awards to be like, mm, one of them I think was Emerging Women Photographers of the Northwest or some deal. And I actually ended up with my stuff in the Fry Art Museum, which was, I seriously, just a joke. It was Love it. And so I was able to charge a lot for my portraits right out of the gate. And um, I just remember my teacher telling me, why, why are you doing that? You have more talent than that. That's a complete waste of time. And, you know, here I was shooting on super grainy film, doing takeoffs of like where women wanted to be in history, um, you know, setting moods. And I was like, I'm being super into the art form of this and I'm not going to let you tell me that. I you love know? that. I love that you don't let like other people discourage you. Like you had a vision from the beginning and 
still, I, I'm going to raise my hand here and say that when I started photography, that was like 10, 11 years ago, I didn't want to be a wedding photographer because I'm like, that, that kind of sucks. That's like boring. I don't want to do that. And now, obviously, <laughs> I love it because you don't know what you don't know. Like in my mind, I was just like, all the photographers, you know, 10 years ago, I, I got married 18 years ago. So like the experience that I had with my own wedding photography was like stiff. It lacked personality. It even lacked a connection between the actual photographer and us as a couple. So that was kind of like the, the idea that I had in my mind about like wedding photography. And now, obviously, when I have my own business and, you know, my own clients and my own, you know, success, I always tell them the story. I'm like, don't be like me. You know, it's, you know, photography is really beautiful. It's an art. And also it's, it's a relationship between you and the artist, right? The better that you connect, the more beautiful your pictures will be because you you relax, you trust the process, you trust the person. So yeah, guilty of that, I would say, but now I have come to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's all about, you know, connection. And um, when I see a photographer's photographs, I can tell like, what was the level of comfort for that couple? Uh, you know, how, how did they make them feel? And when they're really relaxed, I mean, the photos are a whole different thing, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And then of course, photography is all about lighting. Everything about photography is about lighting. So, you know, it, when I used to shoot, I used to get there early and I just go on a light hunt, you know, that just basically find all the places that have gorgeous light. And then I knew I, where I was going to shoot or where I was going to put somebody without having to pose them. Right. Just like, well, here's the place I put your dress over this chair because it's going to be gorgeous in here and you get ready there. And then after that, just take your hands off of it, you know, and just let things unfold. And, um, but I think that's the, the one thing that, uh, makes a photographer really great is if they understand lighting, both natural and, and lighting they create, um, and then make the connection, right. If they, if they can do those things all together, they're probably going to come up with some pretty good shoots. Absolutely. Well, since you have had so much experience, both in your own industry, right, creating your own, you know, personal brand that was successful, then creating this huge, you know, website that, you know, you ended up selling now, obviously working on world world's best wedding photos, you must know a lot about websites and, you know, the structure of websites, but most importantly, how to create a website that sells itself, right? I think this is, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? The Achilles heel of photographers. I feel that a lot of photographers feel um, comfortable just, you know, putting their art, let's say on Instagram. And they're like, why do I need a website for? And when I hear that, like as a business person, like I have to hold on to my chest. I'm like, oh my God, hold on a second. We need to talk about this because it is so, so important. So tell us what, like, how does a photographer makes a good first impression, obviously with their website? Yeah, well, and also, I mean, a lot of people are just using Instagram and the people that that works for are people that have such a strong, distinctive voice and curate that Instagram board really tight, right? So when you open it up right away, there's like, boom, you know what their voice is. Um, very difficult to do. The website is still absolutely critical, I believe, because it's where you really build brand mm -hmm. and where you make people... Eventually, if somebody finds you on social media, where, wherever they find you, they're eventually going to want to look at your website because Correct. that's where they think the information is, right? That's where they think they're going to find out who you are. They're going to see a body of work. 
they're going to get directed to your pricing or see your pricing. So they're looking for more in-depth information. And of course, people, a lot of people, you know, may get recommendations from planners and they may get recommendations from Instagram, but eventually wherever that's coming from, most people are going to say, where's their website? So I deal with that uh, a lot, both in terms of world's best photos, where I vet websites. So I go heavily through, you know, anyone who applies, we take about one in 10 applications we receive is roughly. And that when we get an application, I go all through their website and then I go all through their social media. And then I go to the reviews to be sure that they have good reviews. And there's, there's quite a bit that goes on into making that decision. And of course, just me, like anyone else, like just humans, we, so much happens on a first impression. Mm -hmm. So you open up the website and all of this subconscious stuff just goes flooding through you before you even know it. So, you know, it's everything from what does the font say? What do the colors say? What does your logo say? And what are those first images that people see and do they all work together? Right. So that's how you make a strong impression when it's all cohesive. Like you can imagine even going into a store, um, you know, you may go into JC Penney's and it's not really, you know, a theme, right? Mm-hmm. But you go into anthropology and it's all put together, right? It's all beautifully put together to show their brand. And so what I like to do is to is help people create that. So because I believe that most sales decisions happen in the first three seconds. Correct. Right. And then the rest of it kind of gets confirmed as the as the couple moves along. So what I see a lot of times is that photographers will try to, uh, they'll carry their portfolio either for themselves or for other photographers. So So important this. Yeah, right. So they, so they're not thinking about who is my ideal client and am I curating for them to make, to make a statement to them. And so what I see a lot of times is like an opening art shot. That's really cool, really hard to take, but there's no emotion. Mm. Right. So the couple might go, wow, that person's a really good photographer, but what does it have to do with me? Like that might be their first thing, right? If that photographer were to choose a photograph where the couple was in absolute bliss, connected with each other, right? And that and the couple that's looking at it is going to put themselves into that picture. So for instance, if you are a very upbeat and fun photographer. Um, we have a, a member on World's Best, Emma and Rich, that are in the UK. They are totally fun and upbeat. That is why people hire them. They kind of get, you know, like a party vibe from people. Everything on their website, even the little icon for their URL is like tie-dyed. And, <laughs> you know, there's this whole totally upbeat vibe there the photos that start out are all like just crazy fun and everything about their colors are fun and it just works together so if i'm a client and i'm looking at that i know exactly what i'm going to get as soon as i open up the site right or it could be like susan stripling who's like in new york trying to get uh high-end clients or not trying to getting high-end clients and and this very classic look Everything about our site's about that, right? So the logo looks very classic and high-end and the wording is, you know, for the luxury market and all of those things. And when that all comes together, those people are making the decisions right away. 
of course, because there is no doubt now in the visitor's mind, you know, what, what they're going to receive, right? And this is one of the things that I talk a lot in my Facebook group is like, you need to showcase what you want to sell. If you want to be, as you said, a fun photographer, you cannot start with a photo that looks, I'm not going to say boring, but like, you know, very casual. There is no high energy. There is, you know, no interactions, right? If you want to be, again, a photographer that wants to be high-end and wants to attract that market, you need to open with a photo that looks obviously connections, but also elegant, I would say, right? Like looks expensive and correct me if I'm wrong, but like, that's what you should be aiming for, right? Like make sure that what you are showcasing first is what you want to attract. And obviously there has to be a correlation with like, how do you want people to feel? Absolutely. And, you know, for people, I write a lot for people who are going from mid-market to luxury market. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, you know, I'll see portfolios and they'll have this whole mismatch of weddings from these high-end weddings to, you know, beautiful weddings that, I mean, I have nothing against, but, you know, anything. I mean, one of the most beautiful weddings I ever shot in my life was in a backyard. Um, you know, where the people literally cut their own flowers, you know, so I, and I also, the second most favorite wedding I shot was over a million dollars. So, you know, it really, it, it's, is it authentic to the couple? So it's not really about that. It's about who are you speaking to? And if you're in the luxury market and you want to get, or you want to get there, you have to show weddings that are all from that space. You can't mismatch it around, right? So you have to get rid of the weddings with the mason jars in the backyard and all of that kind of stuff, even though they, you may love them, they just have to go if that's, if that's your ideal client. So it's really about, um, oh, it's hard to let go of things, right? It's just like with writing, it's very hard to edit. It's also like- because I feel like as photographers, we, I mean, we're really personally attached to the work that we create. So it's like, it's our baby. And I remember having a mentor years ago and he was like, Carolina, you have to be able to kill your favorite horse. I was like, oh my God, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he's like, what I want to say is like, you need to let go of the image that you think is your favorite just because you have an attachment to it. Because what perhaps is your favorite is not going to be what sells. Exactly. And And that has stood with me forever and ever. It's exactly right. And also you have to just going back to who are you talking to? So you know, a lot of times what I've seen is photographers can get, they actually can get scared these days about showing portraits with people's faces. Like there was this big movement towards everything had to be photojournalism, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of times when I was getting calls from clients four or five years ago, and they were like, I'm going to do a whole new website and I want absolutely no pose to anything that everything is raw and in the moment. And I'm like, who are you doing this for? I mean, that's fine if you want to do that, but who are you doing it for? Like, and I had people tell me, you know, I will never shoot a a pose thing. I will never do this. And I'm like, is this about ego for other photographers? Because if your client isn't involved in this decision, now that's great. If your client is fully, and that's what you're selling to, that's great. But if you're not selling to them, you got to wonder why, like, if you're not booked all the time, you got to wonder why, what are you not delivering to your client? Mm, so important. I think as photographers sometimes, and, and again, I think this happens because the majority of us 
didn't go to like photography school, right? I don't think that these things are even taught in photography school, which is like the dynamics of a wedding, you know, of a full wedding. And I feel like um, as new photographers, right, we come in and we just see these portfolios of like, let's say just, you know, documentary style. We don't see any post images. We don't see any family formals. And then we take that in and we're like, oh, this is what a full wedding looks like. And I think that's when like, sometimes we need to like back it up a little bit and like really understand that a full wedding also involves beautiful romantic photos, maybe post images and obviously family formals also. Perhaps you don't wanna put that in your portfolio, but when you talk to your clients, you need to one, listen to what they want and two, also be able to showcase like a dynamic um, gallery per se. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends. There, there are some amazing documentary photographers that absolutely don't have to do that. Like they know how to, um, to to gather that client but for most people if they're trying to emulate them they're going to find that they're not booking as much mm, right? right so what's important to me is that people make money doing what they love so um that's everything that i do whether it's you know i'm writing somebody's copyright or seo or working on world's best wedding photos it's how do you convert right because if you can't make money you can't stay in this business so that's the thing is I want the photographers to be able to have their own distinctive voice and do what they love and have there be no shame in it, right? Just no shame in it. If you want to be, you know, you want everything classic composed, you'll find a couple who wants that, right? If you don't, you're going to find a couple that wants that, but it has to be so distinctive and you need to be aware of what does the client want? And a lot of times I talk to photographers and they're like, well, I don't really care. It's all about me. It's all about what I want to say. And I'm like, well, this is actually a um, hospitality business, right? Mm -hmm. We're not fine art photographers who are in galleries. They can do whatever they want to do, you know, but they still have to be cohesive for the gallery owner to choose them. It still has to have a cohesive line through it. Um, but when it comes to wedding photographers, we we are in a hospitality business, right? And we have a consumer who has expectations. And I think that gets lost a lot of times. So it, it feels almost, almost like it's a catch-22, right? Because let's say that, let's say that I'm a photographer. Well, well I am a photographer, but let's say that I'm like... <laughs> Let's say that I don't want to do, like, I just want to do fun images, right? That's right. all I want. That's all I care for. But then obviously I'm going to have, like, this is what I'm going to showcase on my website. It's going to be, you know, my, my font, my colors, my wording, everything is going to be about fun. Yes. I have to be also realistic and say that at some point I'm going to come with a couple that likes that and wants that, but also wants family formals. So how do we navigate? Yes. So you shoot, well, I would, and this is just totally for me, unless, and then there, in everything I'm saying, there's an exception, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know, Jeff Ascow right now, and the UK is 100% documentary, and stuff's amazing, and it's just out of the box. And, and it would never do that. It just wouldn't be real to him to, like, set up a bunch of family stuff. But I'm sure there's family photos taken, right? Mm -hmm. It's what you show. And so what I found is... Um, Years ago, people just fully stopped showing details. They stopped showing portraits that any group portraits, like this is, I would say almost 75% of photographers just stopped showing them on their site. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I know a lot of photographers who have like detail um, folders that they share with clients or group, group portraits they share with clients. They have like a hidden page on their website and they're like, if you want these things, this is how we, we approach them. Um, I think that's totally fine. I think it's just important to like, 
obviously the connection with your client includes what are their expectations, right? And you should be able to shoot anything. Like it, it shouldn't, you don't have to show it and it doesn't have to be part of your distinctive voice, but you shouldn't be afraid to shoot anything, right? Like it, it's not hard to shoot a group shot. It's, it's just not, it, it's, it's annoying uh, <laughs> when it takes a lot of time, but just get good at it. Just be fast, you know? Um, it's the same thing. A lot of people are like, well, I'm into natural light. I don't really want to know off camera flash. And I'm like, really? Because what if you get in a situation where you have to? I mean, this is a profession and you should be able to know how to nail anything quickly that the client needs, right? And then Absolutely. when it's your website, um, then you get to show off your distinctive voice and make that, that statement. Absolutely. So bringing this back, right? Like somebody that is like, okay, I have my website. I think it's good. But now Blair and Carolina are telling me that, you know, first impressions are important. And now I don't know. What would you say that, that are the key components to creating an outstanding portfolio? Yeah. So the first five photos are going to sell. So like I was saying, your, your first impression, right. They're going to get your vibe and then they're going to go, does that vibe with me? Cause what they care about is themselves. Right. So, right. I mean, a lot of bios are written that are like all about the photographer. They have to be about the client in some way to work. So basically they're going to go through those first five photos and do a confirmation is what I'm thinking this photographer about actually what they're about. Right. So you say you want to be fun and upbeat. The first five photos have to be fun and upbeat. Now, after that, by the fifth photo, they, you've sold them on your style. Now you can show some more artistic stuff. Everything doesn't have to be emotional, but you have to keep it. You have to keep the photos coming that are emotional and you have to end with a really strong one that pulls in that vibe. So if it's, you know, fun and upbeat, it might be a great sparkler shot or that ending shot that's full of energy, you want to leave them on that thought, right? Um, the other thing is that portfolios often have way too many photos in it because the mm. photographer can't figure out, once again, how to kill the horse, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an awful thought. I'd be like, oh, I never kill a horse. Um, <laughs> Your favorite horse, not any horse, do your favorite horse. <laughs> I don't know. If it comes to that, I think I'm not doing it. But um, <laughs> For, for all the, the animal lovers, we're just like talking nonsense. This is not a real thing. Please don't, don't DM us about this. <laughs> uh, please. So, so let's not shoot any horses and let's just, you know, so if you get, if you're going to edit out those photos, that's, what's so hard for people, right. To take that out. And a lot of times when I do the curation for their thing, they'll send me back and say, well, what about these five photos? I'm really attached to them. I'll say, all right, then tell me how it attracts your ideal client. If you can tell me how that attracts your ideal client, then let's put it back in. Oh, that's such a good question to ask oneself. Right. I mean, like you look at it, you're like, great. If you love it, you can frame it and put it on your wall, right? You can show it to your friends. You can do all kinds of things, but if you're showing it to your ideal client, how does that speak to them? So I usually come up with about 70 to 80 photos for a portfolio rather than 150, but even 50 strong photos that are really strong are going to sell faster, right? Because in some ways, at the luxury end, especially less is more, mm-hmm. right? So you just make this massive impression. You be very concise. You use these high-end words. It's exclusive. It's rare. It's once in a lifetime. It's this, the whole way that you speak about um, your 
if you're in the luxury market is about exclusivity. That's what people want, right? They want something that someone else can't get. You know, um, so that the whole wording changes, all the photos change and all of those things. Um, and I just feel like my, my favorite thing is curating because a lot of times when I'm curating, what I show back to the, to the um, photographer and say, here's what I'd like you to show, all of a sudden they go, wow, that's my voice. Like I actually, now you're showing me my voice and I'm getting it. And that's really exciting, right? Because a lot of times photographers are like, I just want to take a good shot, but I don't want you to take a good shot. I want you to take a Carolina shot, right? Mm, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So that's building your portfolio and it's building your vibe. So I think that's the most important thing is what are those first ones? What are those last ones? And is everything five star speaking to the ideal client? Well, let's talk a little bit about this because you mentioned, like you put now yourself in this equation. You say like, I actually help photographers find their, you know, their best images. Tell me a little bit about this. Let's say that I don't know who you are, Blair, that I'm just like listening to this podcast and I have been wondering about my own website. And now obviously I have a lot of questions because I'm like, this all makes sense, but I don't feel myself capable enough to remove myself emotionally from my work and I cannot kill my favorite horse. Sorry, I'm using that expressions once again. So <laughs> what, like, is that a service that you offer other than obviously what you do for world best wedding photos? Tell me a little bit about this because now I'm really intrigued because now you're solving a problem that a lot of photographers have. Yeah, it's really funny. So as I say, I do this all the time and I have a massive work ethic. So I work about 60 hours a week. Um, and I actually enjoy it. I do take time off. I'm a big hiker. So I go out and hike and I get out in nature and I really like love it and get, you know, in the moment. And then I come home and I work and I've got this great little backyard full of flowers and I sit outside and I do a lot of work for photographers. I just don't market it. So okay. <laughs> um, one of the things that I do is um, somebody will send me, let's say a thousand photos, mm -hmm. right? Or they'll send me links to their favorite weddings. And I'll go through and I'll make a five-star folder and, and I'll also make an award folder. So I'll pick out everything I think that could win a contest and I'll name it. Like, so is it Fearless or is it WPGA or is it ISPWP or is it World's Best or is it Junebug? Because they all have different fives, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I'll do that for them. Then I pick out the photos for their portfolio. I put them in orders so that they sell, right? And then I put together... Um, a folder of photos that need to be redone or rethought of, right? Okay. So one of the things that I really find is a problem with portfolios, maybe the most, is inconsistent processing. Mm. So what I find is I always know when someone learned on film because their black and white is spot on. Um, but if you didn't learn on film, understanding the components of black and white processing um, is pretty difficult, right? If you, if you don't know about the zone system and all of the things that go into what it makes a, a gorgeous black and white photo. So I see a lot of uh, variation, especially in black and whites where they'll go from grayscale to contrasty within the same portfolio. You know, it's just like, well, where's the through line? The other thing is that people will try to follow trends. 
And over the years, what they'll end up happening is they'll have, well, right now the yellow filters are super in. Gosh, when I started Junebug, they were in back then. And then it went to like, it was sort of this bluish look and then it was a pinkish look and then there was lens flare. And I cannot tell you how many trends I've seen. So when I go into a portfolio, what I often see is a lot of people trying to follow trends and then they haven't like created a through line. So they've got five different kinds of color processing, you know, five different kinds of black and white processing. And I'm like, well, what am I buying? I have no idea what I'm buying here. Like, is it, am I buying this shade or that shade or... You know? I think this is super important to point out because sometimes as photographers, we, you know, we think like, oh, that was in, you know, in fashion three years ago, people will understand that. The visitor to your website, they don't know what was in fashion three years ago. They don't even, they don't know. This is new to them. So as you said, when they see like all these things that are different, they don't know what to make up of this. Right. Well, they're not for the most part. I mean, and I don't want to diss people that don't know photography, but when you don't know something, you don't know it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as a couple, they cannot identify that that's the problem. Right. It's all subliminal. So what what they don't they feel like. Oh, there's all kinds of different stuff in here. What does that mean? What am I going to get? Am I going to get this one? Or I like that one, but I don't like this other color. If your client has to talk with you to, to you about how to do your processing or what you know shade they like, you got a problem, mm, right? Because they 100%. shouldn't even be thinking about that. They should just be thinking they absolutely vibe with your work. They love the processing style. And these are things that they, like I say, they're subliminal because they don't know even how to put these into words, right? They can't say, oh, I love the way she uses aperture. They don't even know what that means, right? <laughs> right? Correct. <laughs> so what you have to do in all branding is to create so much cohesiveness that the person doesn't have to think. As soon, often, as, as soon as they start thinking, you got a problem. I often, I often tell, you know, when I'm, when I'm helping, you know, people in my Facebook group or something like that, I often say like, when we're creating a website, you know, there's a lot of things that you assume you're like, oh, that every, anybody will know this. Anybody will know that. And I'm like, listen, my advice to you is like, create a website that somebody that had a time machine from 1971 came here and is looking at it. Do they know how to navigate it? Do they understand what's going on? If the answer is no, then you need to go back to your website and make it so easy for people. And so, as you said, no questions should arise other than how do I book this person? Totally. Not where do I go next? Not <laughs> any of that. Just you need to make them feel smart. And that's, that's the thing is people absolutely cannot stand to feel confused or, you know, not with it, right? So the easier it is for them to, to navigate, to vibe with and get to that point, like a lot of things I see like on a contact page on this great uh, way of like selling them all the way through. And then they go to your contact page and it's just totally dead. It's mm. just this form. There's no photo. There's no exciting ending. There's, no, you know, nothing. And so all of a sudden they end up in this dead space and it's like all about pricing and are you going to send them their price? And, you know, it's like, it's not finished off. And um, yeah, I think that you're absolutely right to tell your clients that is that if you didn't even know what a website was, would you look at it and go, oh my God, I'm so confused. Or would you look at it and go, how cool, what is this? Oh, you push on this thing and then you see these gorgeous photos and then you can hire this photographer and how wonderful it is, right? And so you're absolutely right about that. 
I love this. So we're talking about obviously photos, obviously as photographers, that is like how we lead, right? This is like our main tool, but there is a component to having a website that sell itself that it's obviously, I mean, branding and copywriting. And I think this is where like a lot of photographers put their hands up in the air and said, I give up, I did my best. How could we actually make copywriting effective for a website? Because I mean, as they say, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, but I do actually disagree with that because I do believe that words are extremely important. Oh, they're huge. And it's so much part of the cohesiveness, right? Of the cohesive expression. Um, there are so many really brilliant photographers that don't know how to write. Writing is quite a skill these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say that when I'm doing copywriting, you know, obviously the first thing I'm going to do is go through and what can I say? What is really feels authentic about what they have to say? Because I want to keep it as authentic as possible. The second thing I want to do is to make it match the portfolio. So the portfolio actually leads the copywriting. I would mm -hmm. never when I when I'm helping people get their websites ready for the designer, I would never write the copy before I put together the portfolio because it all has to match. Now, I think maybe once or twice in my life, out of literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of websites I've done and reviewed or written for or whatever, there's always typos and there's always grammatical errors. So the first thing you need to do is to get somebody, even if it's a friend, to, to read it, right? Mm -hmm. And if, if that friend isn't an editor, you need to get three people to read it mm -hmm. because they will find stuff that you can fix right now. And if you have typos and grammatical errors and you have this gorgeous professional portfolio, it's just immediately, the person stops thinking, right? They think about your typo. Correct. Oh, write that right. Oh, well, that sounds funny. I don't think they have their subject in the correct place. Right. And so they start thinking about the mistake you made instead of getting back to how gorgeous these photos are and how they're going to book you. Right. So that's the first thing. Have everything edited. The second thing I see with copywriting is a bio that is all about that person. So it used to be I'd see things like. I love photography and I love love. Like, I'm not kidding you how many times I've seen that. Mm. I like my coffee. I like coffee. I like my dog. You know, and I mean, those are fine things, right? But if you're going to talk about yourself personally, it has to be more specific than that. So somebody can really vibe, right? Um, so they're not just like, oh yeah, I like dogs too. Well, what kind? Show a picture of your dog, you know? Um, but really what it needs to be is about them. So your bio should really be by about what you love about photography and what you bring to the table. It can have things about, you know, what you also personally love, but I always usually put that at the end of the bio. The bio also has to be everything on the website these days has to be clear and concise. People do not read multiple paragraphs, no matter what. It can be the most engaging thing in the world, but as soon as they're pretty much past paragraph two, they're done with you. Like, they're not interested, right? Same thing with real weddings. You write this thing, you write a blog, you've got tons of content at the top. Most of the time, people won't even get to the photo. They'll just look at the content and go, I'm tired right? So on your blog, what you want to do is to show not the first photo. I mean, this is another thing that, that I'm constantly fixing is somebody will show the first photo of a dress sort of hanging there for no reason, right? Mm -hmm. And then show a pair of shoes. Like if that's one thing I get to change is like, if you're going to shoot a photo of a dress, make it have a reason. It should be where it is. 
like would normally be, or the bride is getting ready to put it on, or the little kids are looking at it, or something is happening other than it's just sitting there, right? And then in terms, if you're going to shoot shoes, or you're going to shoot invitations, or you're going to do those kinds of details, then know how to do them well, right? So don't start your blog post with those things that are just emotional things, right? Start your blog post with that big, wonderful photo that you would show as your first impression, right? And then say a little bit about the wedding and then show the chronological if you're going to do it that way, right? I love this tip. Now I'm going to have to go and rewrite all my blog posts, Blair. (laughs) (laughs) Because again, it's all about first impression. It's like, does the person open it up and go, oh my gosh, what a cute couple or what a fun moment. And then they're like, oh, I want to know more about this wedding. I love that. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to, again, they have to make that emotional vibe and connect. And um, I think of all the things that photographers need most uh, when I look at a website is copywriting. Mm. It's just over and over again. So if you're saying that, you know, obviously the thing that you see the most mistakes in is copywriting. So would you obviously recommend somebody to hire a copywriter? Because if they say like, this is not for me, whatever, then what will be the next step? Yeah, it's really hard. It's funny. I mean, I've done copywriting for so many photographers. Um, and I'm the, the only problem, as I say, I don't market it because right now I'm busy till October doing that. Um, gosh, and I'm serious about this. I don't know who to recommend. Okay. I mean, you don't need to give us a recommendation, but it is an option. Like if you're not good at it, then you need to find somebody that is good. Yeah, there is, you know, I haven't done enough research within that area just because I'm so busy. I know there's got to be a ton, you know, there's got to be a lot of good copywriters. And so I guess what you do is you find somebody whose website you super vibe with the way it was written. And then you ask them who wrote it very seldom even though it sounds like it came from them, if the writing is slick, very seldom do they write it themselves. Interesting. Right? Yeah. And very, very, very seldom. It's like, it sounds like they did. And like, even with my clients, I tell them, don't say who wrote it. And I tell them, don't put a link to me on your website because you don't want the client to go, oh, well, somebody else wrote this authentic stuff for them, right? It's like, like, it's like you're, a, you're a ghostwriter. Well, yes, you have to be because it because part of that making the impression to the client is making them believe this is your authentic brand. It still is if somebody else wrote it for you, but if they see like writing by, right, it's going to remove the authenticity. So that's what I always tell people. I'm just like, yeah, you don't need to say a word about me writing that. It doesn't need to be anywhere. Like you just own it because we work together. I mean, you know, you work together with somebody and it is, I'm not writing what I want, I'm writing what they want. So they still own it. Ah, so good. So talking about working together, right? Uh, And once again, going back to like your website, it's super important. And your website is a tool that you should not neglect or forget about it. So people that, you know, nowadays there is tons of templates and things that you can do yourself, right? But you can also actually hire somebody to help you to create something that is beautiful and all that. Since you have experience in this, topic what do you think that will be some of the things that people need to know before hiring somebody to work on their website whether it is as a web designer or as a copywriter or what else could you do maybe seo somebody that SEO. helps you. seo is huge i do a what, lot of seo 
what are some of the things that people should know? Because once again, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. So mainly what I see is a lot of times people just get frustrated. They feel their website is dated. They're like, oh, I'm just going to throw the whole thing away. I'm going to get this new website. I'm going to just turn it over to a designer. Uh, Sometimes that's not even necessary, right? It all depends. Is If your template has got issues around SEO, which a lot of old ones do, um, then it is necessary. Like, I mean, there, I've even seen some people are still losing flash websites and things like that. They, you know, they need to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of good templates on, um, Squarespace and, uh, good gallery and, you know, many, many options. Um, and so the first thing is decide, do you really need a new website? Because that's going to cost just a pretty penny, right? Mm-hmm. Then I see that there's a wild fluctuation in what they cost. So without naming names here, I have seen people get charged as much as $15,000 for a web design. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Um, and I've heard it upwards from that. And I haven't seen the consistency in how complex those sites are. It's sort of like they just throw out a number. Like this is what we do websites for. And it's like, really? Well, why? Because it should be basically sort of a page by page and based on complexity. And often I think that what people are paying are way over the top. So um, I work with a designer who I love. He used to be co-founder with Junebug. And so after Junebug, she became a web designer, Christy Weber. And um, the the difference in the pricing, I mean, it's not like she doesn't charge anything. She values her work and she's really good. But the difference in the pricing can be quite um, extreme when uh, the client is really looking for something fairly simple. Uh, the other thing is, is that people will then pay that money. So let's say, you, you know, that the designer offers you like says, oh, you need to make a $5,000 down payment or whatever, or you need to pay for the whole thing up front. I hear a lot. So then the next thing that happens is this total shock on the photographer's point. They pay the money and then they get this massive list from the web designer. Mm. Right. And the web designer is like, please send me your portfolio in order right? With all the file names, all the alt text, everything in place, then send me all your copywriting. Now this is before you even see the design in some cases, how are you supposed to do that? Right? So you're like, well, where does it fit? I mean, to me, I have to know I'm sending you copywriting. Where does it fit? Right? If it goes next to this photograph, it has to be this long or it's going to look funny. It's going to wrap around the photo, right? So everything needs to be a visual element. So right away, when I'm working with other designers, I'm like, I'm pushing back right away. I'm saying, you need to show me at least some sort of template here because I'm not going to write copy for something that's not going to look good, right? Because copy has to actually look and it's a visual element. So there's that part. And then the photographer being busy, right? And who didn't want to deal with this in the first place. Busy and overwhelmed, right? (laughs) Because that's overwhelming. Yeah, they're super overwhelmed. And like, they wanted to turn this over. That's why they hired someone. They're like, yeah, take it and roll. Then they find out that they're the ones that are really doing most of the work still, and everything stops. And so I've had people come to me who paid a deposit on a website three years, four years ago, and they're like, I've never been able to get this stuff to the designer. Can you do it for me? Right. So that's the thing that I really want people to know is one, do you need a new website? Because it's going to be a heck of a lot of work and money. Right. And two, do you know clearly what you're going to have to deliver 
for that designer, right? Because there's going to have to be inspiration boards. I mean, it goes on and on and on, the stuff that designer is going to need to make an authentic site for you. So um, those are the, the, the things that I look at for. And you have to be very strong on what your design is going to be before you go to a designer, right? You, you need to be able to tell them, once again, most important question you can ever ask yourself, who is your ideal client? Right. And does that web designer have enough experience in photography and with that kind of client to understand what you mean? Oh, so good. Because I, I think that sometimes, right, you like you're like, what well, is a designer? They know what to do, whatever. And although, yes, that is the case. They're designers. They know what to do. It's really important to work with somebody that is within your industry, that understands the ins and outs of your industry. So that can help you guide you to create the best possible experience for your clients, not just for like anybody. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what, you know, I'm, I try to tell people that I'm like, if they're not really savvy about the photography market, you shouldn't even be talking to them. Mm, so good. So good. Well, you drop so many little pieces of information here, little gold nuggets. Uh, and obviously there is so much to learn from you. So I'm obviously going to invite you over again here to, you know, continue having amazing conversations. But what are some of the things that you are currently loving right now, Blair, just to like wrap this up? Oh, uh, well, um, gosh, you mean just personally? Anything that you're loving. Oh, gosh, so many things. Well, I really do honestly love my work. And I always curation is way at the top of that. And I do that every day. I can just lose myself down that rabbit hole for any amount of time. Um, and then on the personal side, I have the same loves kind of that I've always had. Um, I am a big hiker. Um, just tremendously love the outdoors and get a lot of grounding and peace um, out of beautiful places. And I've been very um, lucky with my health in my life. So, um, you know, I can do a 20 mile hike. Um, oh, nice. and, yeah, yeah. I work out a lot. I stay in shape for hiking. Um, so um, really enjoy that. I've seen some just gorgeous things in my life. The other two things I absolutely love um, is cooking and gardening. And so um, I'm really stoked right now because I have been eating out of my garden nonstop. Um, green beans, tomatoes, um, potatoes, onions. Nice. Lettuce, green peppers. I even grew these amazing poblano peppers this year. Um, and I've been doing a lot of hot stuff with that. And I grew some other peppers called alter ego, which are really fun. They're like, uh, kind of sweet on the outside and just hot as fire on the inside and nice. making oils out of them. Um, I grow a lot of aloe and make my own gels. Um, you're so a whole Martha store. <laughs> <laughs> I just am really lucky that I have this backyard and if people are into gardening, the thing you got to do is get these bags. They got these bags that are so cool. Like they're just burlap bags, right? Mm -hmm. But they're big. And anybody who has any space at all that's in the sun can use these burlap bags. And the thing about them is, is if you're doing carrots, which usually come out kind of stubby, mm -hmm. they come out beautiful and long when they're in these bags. Nice. Well, we definitely need to see all of this in your Instagram stories. Like you need to do a whole section about like gardening there. <laughs> Oh, you know, it's funny. I don't have, I, I, I have never put a photo up on my Instagram, uh, my personal one, you know, obviously we have world's best, but that is something that 
I would be so serious about curating it would take too much time and right now I really do use those 60 hours like every one of them I don't I don't have time and I'm not a person who likes to push myself as my own name I like to promote photographers I'm not a star personality Mm -hmm. Um, I am a support personality so um, I'm not really interested I don't care about followers or likes or anything like that for my personal self and as you saw in the beginning it's even hard to pronounce my name so um, (laughs) You know, it's not going to work out. I'd have to change my last name or something. Oh, Uh, Blair. It was really, I mean, it was really, really nice talking to you. And before we close this up, where could people find you? Oh, okay. So if you're interested in World's Best, um, well, you just write my my name is B-L-A-I-R, no E. So it's the male um, spelling of Blair, right? And so you just write to Blair at World's Best Wedding Photos. Or if you want the, you know, interested in website reviews, copywriting, SEO, any of that stuff, then you just write to Blair at artlifeandbusiness.com. Awesome. I'm going to make sure to add links to every single, you know, uh, of your business. And I cannot recommend enough people to go and check out World Best Wedding Photos. It is a really beautiful website. And as I said, you know, being a part of it has been really good for me. You helped me, you know, curate my gallery. And that was like fantastic. So I cannot be happier to be in that community. Uh, well, yeah, the feeling's quite mutual. And I just love this conversation. <laughs> and feel like we should be friends so we uh, definitely need to be friends what are you talking about <laughs> we be friends and we need to go traveling together like I, absolutely I, I so want to do that El Camino walk in Spain but we yeah when this all is crazy is over and we all live to tell the day um yes it would be so wonderful to meet you know, I really appreciate you taking the time today and look forward to our next connection Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, for your knowledge, for your um, good energy and, you know, brushing off my bad pronunciation of your last name. I highly apologize about that, but it was great having you and I can't wait to have another conversation with you. And for all of you that have stayed all the way to the end, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, And until next time, ciao. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. For more info about marketing tips for photographers and show notes, please visit thetogrepublic.com. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave us a review. Want even more? Join our marketing community group. Just search for The Tog Republic Group on Facebook. Until next week.